Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barrenes y presidente es la mejor cerveza. No, abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito San Diego, a.k.a. Bobby Ball, a.k.a. Bobby Barrels, as he was known in Savannah. Not with us this morning, but he was with us this weekend with the Let Them Play squad. And look, job or no job, dead or alive, we properly salute our boy. Yes, 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 yes. Whoo. Remember this, folks, when we are juiceful, we are useful, and when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. So the last Daily Hustle show that I did, I actually made it through the entire uh, episode without one F-bomb, and I'm going to try to clean it up a bit. Now, I do think there's an element of not wanting to compromise the... I don't know, let's just say nature of the Daily Hustle, which every now and again, there's no other word that was more appropriate than a good F-bomb. So anyhow, uh, I was with Kowalski all weekend, and what a treat it was. We not only coached baseball and let them play 12U squad to a super regional NIT championship out in Arizona, but we also played a ton of pickleball. What a complex. Look it up online if you want to check it out. It's called Legacy Park, I believe. It is gorgeous. What a facility. The baseball field, legit. Turfed out. 300-foot fences on the fields that we were playing at. They then put them out at 250, which made for an interesting weekend with our team just absolutely launching nukes. They have a couple of full-size fields, like high school slash college-size fields. Uh, With this, though, too, at Legacy out in Mesa, it's in the middle of nowhere. But they also have these football fields and soccer fields and a stadium field. But... I really can't think right now in my life of a better scenario for a weekend because we had the games going on at the baseball park. Well, a quarter mile for the baseball park is the pickleball complex. So Kowalski... It's just starting to get into it. So in between games, we go over and we hit it around. And at first, it was just getting a feel for it, trying to teach him a little bit about strategy. And then we had a couple of women that were 4-5-5-0 players come and challenge us. And they wanted to play. And I'm like, look, my boy's just getting going. Uh, you guys tell me what you'd want to do. Well, we decided to split up, and Kowalski played with one of the women. So the other 
chicken eye. Pickle them. 11 nothing, Just like that. So then they're like, you take this dude. So I did. And then we got pickled. 11 nothing. But look, Kowalski's actually really good because he's a tennis player by nature and he's starting to get the strokes and everything. It's just a matter of strategy. So the next day we then went out and we had an 8 a.m. game. This was on Sunday. I mean, you can't make this schedule up. Mm. The number one seed. And we go out there at 8 a.m. We finished the game in 45 minutes. That's not a joke. Most of our games did not go an hour. I think maybe the championship game went just over an hour. But we were three innings and done. In one case, it was two innings and done. And we mercy ruled them. But we ended up going to the pickleball complex. Well, the boys' next game wasn't until 2 o'clock. Like, who does that schedule? Why would the number one seed play at 8 a.m.? Somebody make sense of this to me, please. And then not come back till 2. Anyway, whatever. Uh, So we ended up coming back at 2. We didn't come back at 2. We sent the boys back to the hotel with Donati. And thank you, John, for uh, taking them. And then Kowalski and I went and played three hours of pickleball, which was just freaking awesome. Just that, That's how you do it. You want to be great at anything in life? It's trial by fire. Learning the techniques. We played half-court games, cross-court games, dink games, all of it. Uh, Full-court singles. So our goal, which we've already declared this, I don't think anyone gives a fuck or even listen, but we want to try to see how many games of pickleball we can play in a 24-hour period. It's not a joke. So the details and parameters, whether we're doing this doubles or singles, I I don't know. We're going to figure it out uh, down the road, but we just figured it would be a really good opportunity to do a let them play fundraiser and an over-the-top challenge. We'll see if we can get Guinness out to – I can't imagine this is already any sort of world record, so we would have to be creating a new one, but why not? All right, so today is the 9th of October, 2023. Very happy Monday to you. We got home at midnight last night. By the time I was in bed and got a little CBD that I'm rubbing under my nose and poured myself a half a glass of wine to put me out, it was probably 2.30 in the morning. So a late start this morning, but let's not forget here on The Daily Hustle. We're sponsored by who? KT Tape. That's right. You see the QR code above my head? Hit that QR code and you will be very well taken care of. This is the skin prep wipe. This is a whole starter kit here. Uh, We have the Pro Oxygen Tape. Look, the whole thing with KT, it's very simple. You put it on. It lifts the skin. It promotes blood flow to go to the area. So, It allows all of us that, well, whether we like it or not, continue to age. It allows us to keep moving, keep going one foot in front of the other. If you're a hardcore marathoner, ultra marathoner, hiker, whatever, here's a blister prevention. Go ahead and uh, try some of this. You see, this is so simple. So if you're someone that's always dealing with blisters, try uh, some of that. 
But, folks, do not leave the chase safe at home. It's really important. you got to take care of your package. Maximum chafing protection, fast application, and it is sweat and water resistant. So, uh, the other sponsor for today, the Foot Reflexology Board, back in stock. Go to ericburns.com. Where you can also pick up a Daily Hustle 222 unfiltered life guides from a human crash test dummy. And then you get this risque picture of Kowalski and I on the back of the book. But it is uh, nice to have possession of our products. And we're going to be able to get those out in a very timely manner. Now, I apologize for any of the delays for all the people that ordered the foot reflexology boards. But they should be arriving if not today, within the next couple days. Uh, huge, huge, huge weekend uh, in Arizona, by the way. But let's start with the, on this date. 1989, the Giants win their first NL pennant since 1962. Dude, I never realized that. Because in 89, we were all jazz, right? And 87 was the year where they lost to the Cardinals. And I just, you don't think about this stuff as a kid because the only thing you really know is what you've experienced in your lifetime. And so if you think about what the Giants had done before, say, 80s or 70s, like, I I don't know much about it. I just don't. Like, some of my earliest Giant memories are just from Jack Clark and – Jack the Ripper hitting nukes, and then next thing you know, he's gone. I'm like, dude, did Jack the Ripper turn left-handed? Because here's Thrill coming up, doing his thing, and I was trying to understand what had happened. And then, you know, I was nine years old at the time. So then I figured it out. I'm like, okay, this is Will Clark. This is a new draft pick. Jack Clark was now playing for, I think it was St. Louis. And then that was that. But... I had not realized they hadn't won the pennant since 1960-fucking-2. Crazy. So that was uh, when they defeated the Cubs 3-2 to two in Game 5 of the NLCS. Will Clark batted 650 in the series, 8 RBIs, took home MVP honors. I was at that game sitting in Section 62 with... Bob Quelmels. And here's the wild thing about this is that I had a guy come up to me yesterday in Arizona and his, I want to get this right, mother-in-law married Bob Quelmels. And Kevin was a good buddy of mine, just Small, small world. And then this whole thing comes up on the plane when I'm looking at the on this date things. I think it's kind of cool to do with the baseball here at the Daily Hustle. So Will the Thrill and I will be on tomorrow, uh, I believe during the playoff games, 6 p.m. Pacific time for Deuces Wild. If you have not checked out Deuces Wild yet, go ahead and you can watch it here on No Filter Network. You can Wait, if you want to get it here live, come to No Filter Network. This is the only place to get it live. Other than that, you can get it on Apple, you can get it on Spotify, and everywhere 
else. Uh, as far as the Daily Hustle quote of the day, this is a fun one. Quote, apparently this team just bullied a group of younger kids, and that is not okay. So we have just been politely asked by one of these poor boys' family members to please send a message to these bullies by absolutely donkey stomping the snot out of them. Boys, there are a few things in life we hate more than bullies. And we have a duty in life to defend those who are unable to defend themselves. That said, let's go out there and play LTP baseball with the ultimate amount of passion, energy, and effort while making sure we give these little shits a proper beatdown they deserve. Anonymous. Daily Hustle Translation. <laughs> Trying to make sense of this for you guys. This was said during the big, perfect game, Super Regional NIT tourney in AZ this weekend, where our Let Them Play 12U squad took home the chipper by going 5-0 and outscoring opponents 75-7 to in just 15 innings of baseball across those five games because of Mercy Rules. We truly don't care much for bullies. Okay. My mom always said, if you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. So, look. Because other people, other kids don't live by that theory. I'm not going to sit here and continue to beat a dead horse and act like, I don't know. I don't think it's holier than thou thing, whatever. Uh, the bottom line is that there was some trash talking going on. And I, I, I was on the outskirts of it. And I heard a couple things, and I'm like, man, this doesn't make sense. And then I saw a dad, and you could tell he was visibly upset, and he was around a bunch of young kids, and he's kind of, you know, pointing fingers. And it was a team. It was an entire team. And this team, they're a pretty good team, too. But they're, they were then kind of popping off back, and now they're talking trash only to, like, the kids, but the dad. And... I don't have the whole story. I don't know what happened. There are multiple sides always. But I do know what Kowalski told me. And I got the very specifics as he heard a lot of uh, what had happened. And it was so let's just put it this way. We ended up playing this game. And I, I tell our boys all the time, and especially when you have these huge game breaks in between, I'm like, look, dudes. Like, this is very simple. It says, let them play across the front of your jersey. You guys are a representation of us. Don't be a jackass. Let's start there. And then the other thing, hold your head up high. Look people in the eyes when you shake their hands. Get a firm grip. Like, look, you are representing the entire organization and you have a responsibility to represent us in a light in which we would be proud of. And I can guarantee you, and I don't care who you are, if you don't, you won't play. And so, sure enough, you know, here's an organization. They're a very well-known organization. I cannot imagine that, say, the head of the organization, the head coach, or anybody, and I don't know, I didn't see him there. But I can't 
fathom that they would be happy with what went on. Now, it's not my duty to say reprimand these boys or anything else. Now, I would 100% step in if I had heard something or if I had seen something. And I, I, I there was already an adult there and I was from the outskirts. But then when I have one of the kids' family members come up to me as the head coach of let them play and say, can you do us a favor and go out there and crush them? This is what happened. I'm like, okay, sure. Look, we're going to do our best anyway. But if the boys needed any extra incentive or if we needed any extra incentive, we had it. That just goes to show you that baseball is not just a result and, the, and results are not just what happens on the field. It starts with who you are as a person off the field. And immediately, like, and not that I thought this team had any chance to beat us anyway, but as soon as I heard that, I'm like, they, have no, they, they literally have no chance. There's no freaking way we are losing this game just because the boys were able to find that little extra motivation. I'm like, we don't like boys. We don't. That's not cool. It is not cool. It's never been cool. It wasn't cool when we were kids. It's not cool now. It'll never be cool. And so kids sometimes say and do stupid shit. And they're 11, 12-year-old kids. So I'm also not going to look at them and say, hey, look, throw them in jail, lock the key away. But I think they need to be checked. And uh, hopefully yesterday was a little humbling reminder. Uh, by the way, I, I trust me when I tell you that I don't care about team statistics, individual statistics at this age. It's really all about the development of the baseball player. I love to evaluate approach. I love to evaluate barrels. I love to evaluate movements, pre-pitch, all of these things that I, I'm, I'm looking at, composure on a mound, whatever it is. But every now and again, you have to step back and go like, whoa, wait, what, what happened here? And this weekend, we went out there and put up some of the most ridiculous offensive numbers I think you'll ever see at a youth travel ball level. I could have thrown BP to the kids, and I still don't think that they could have hit at this clip. You ready for this? The team stats for the weekend. The average, 701. OBP, 752. OPS, 2,000. 82 home runs 17 walks 21 strikeouts five just ridiculous ridiculous we had this kid frankie join us for the first time from arizona he hit six home runs he had 21 rbis in five games 
Six overs, 21 RBIs. Ryder Serna, he was a Team USA shortstop. Look, this kid's no slouch. He hit 1,000 for the weekend. Biscuit, I think, hit 852. There were some numbers that are just head-scratching. Gianni was just lights out, start to finish. It goes up and down the lineup. You go all the way our 10 kid, Nolan, and he hit 667 for the weekend. Look, I get it. A lot of people will say, dude, why, like, go find better competition. What are you guys doing? What do you want us to It's a super regional NIT majors tournament in Arizona, which is no chump town, right? And that said, the kids we played were not bad at all. This weekend, we were just really, really good. And there's no other way to explain it. Not only were, did we have a good roster assembled of 10, but the kids went out there and did it all. They pitched, they hit, they played defense. Uh, it was, when I would say, like, like refused to make it out, these kids literally refused to make it out. We were the visiting team only one time because it was one time in pool play. That was this game we scored 21. It would have been, every single game would have been 20-plus runs had we been the visiting team and we were able to go out there and stack it before the bottom half hit. So, look, is that great for the development of the kids? I don't, I, I'm not going to, I'd much rather play tight games. I'd much rather be in these games where we got to do whatever. But at the same time, and here's, I, I want to bring this up because I think this is something that transcends youth sports and just goes into all arenas of life. Look, we were up 21 to two uh, against this team we played. And there was a pitch that was a questionable pitch. Our kid, boom, but it looked like he was pounding the zone. Biscuit wasn't moving. Sticking it. I, I go, Biscuit, is that a way? And I ask him, I have nothing to the umpire. I'm not even asking the umpire. Biscuit, like, kind of like this. Like, is that way? And the coach turned to me and he said, Hey, he goes, You're bitching about a ball and a strike call up 20 runs. And I go, Excuse me, coach. I said, We're we're playing baseball here. And whether we're up or down 20 runs at the end of the day, nobody gives a shit. My goal here is to make sure that my boys get better. My goal, as a matter of fact, is to hopefully have your guys get better. And I was shocked to see the reaction of a few of these teams that we played because when you classify yourself as the major team, that's a top-level team, right? And you're going to say that, okay, it's bring it on. Like, I'm, we're ready for anybody, which is great. And then you go out there and you face a really, really, really good team that's obviously on another level. When I coached and had the opportunity to do this, when we took – an 11U majors team to these tournaments. I just remember back in the day when Biscuit was nine, we had five kids that were 10 and five kids that were 11. Those were, that was our crew. 
So we literally, we have 11 kids, five tens, five elevens, and nine. And we go play in these 11 U major tournaments. One of them in Vegas specifically, I remember. And I remember battling this really good 11 U major team. Well, we end up getting throttled. And I was talking to the coach the whole time because I'm thankful for seeing what this top level looks like. And then I, the boys get to be like, yeah, man, like this is, this is where we need, we need to be. This is what we're going to chase. And so I just, I, I throw this out there because I want everyone to realize that this shit isn't about results. And it's, and it's not just youth baseball, but just about anything. It's about the process of growth. It's about the process of development. So if we're up 20, if we're down 20, yeah, sure, of course, you'd rather be up 20. I'm not going to stop paying attention to the details of what's important. Because, say, for example, if my pitcher is sticking it, boom, on the outside corner, and we're not getting a call and it was a one-strike call, well, I need to tell Biscuit, bro, you got to get on the dish. Like, you're obviously, if you're if the corner was here, you're set up here, let's bring it back a little bit. There is development that can happen each and every single play, whether you're way up or way down. This has nothing to do with results. And I find it comical because that's probably why we went out there and kicked ass all weekend, is that we were focused on the pitch. We were focused on not making outs. We were focused on hoarding outs on defense, all of it. Pitching for the weekend in the 15-8s, 1.4 ERA team, 25 strikeouts, 132 batting average against. So think about those offensive numbers backed up with the pitching. Just crazy. So anyhow, uh, baseball playoffs up, rolling, in full effect. And man, what a good couple games uh, it's been. On Saturday, you had all four games in action. And let's just start with the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is a team that we've championed here on the Daily Hustle consistently. Corbin Carroll is officially my favorite player in Major League Baseball uh, right now, especially after I heard the stories that Kowalski has been telling me about him. I guess he comes into this place where Kowalski now works. Just, uh, he said, very humble, very sweet guy. Uh, and also, he apparently wants a piece of Kowalski on the tennis court, which hopefully will be the pickleball court. So uh, I have visions of playing pickleball with Corbin Carroll after this season is over. But what a fucking savage, man. I mean, this guy has been so next level. In the first game against the Dodgers, Corbin Carroll hit a ball that is still traveling. The tension-free barrel release, and I've talked about that a few different times, but it is like, man, he comes here, he has this little thing, a little toe tap, and he goes, boom, and then just whap, and he's short to it, long through it, and he gets travel and carry on a baseball like I'm not sure I've ever seen. I know this is kind of a wild comparison. Uh, you would have had to play with him to understand it. 
but he's like Mark Reynolds, but a much better hitter. Where Mark Reynolds used to be like this, and then, and he would hit these balls, and you're like, yeah, but, you know, maybe it get it might get out, it might not get out, and then it was going 470 feet. You're like, what the fuck, what? So, I asked Kowalski because again, Corbin Carroll comes into his work all the time, and where Kowalski works now is this. I want to get this right, but it's this mobility, movement, uh, optimization sort of place. So a lot of professional athletes, uh, bodybuilders, you name it, some some just local youth kids that are looking to get the big league treatment. They have these mattresses that they come and lay on that are supposed to be energizing. They have all these different exercises and programs, and uh, that Kowalski is developed a full breath and cold plunge experience. And it, I, I can't wait to get in there. I, I'm really looking forward to it. But Corbin Carroll goes in there amongst many other big leaguers. But watching this dude from my outside perspective, it's like, dude, like it looks like mighty mouse. Right. But then again, I think a lot of times they don't look as big on TV. I mean, everyone said TV adds 10 pounds. Is it that I think a lot of times then you get in person, you're like, man, you're way bigger than I thought. Now this is going both ways, but that's always been my sort of perception. So on that note, I go, Kowalski, how big is Corbin Carroll? He goes, oh man, Corbin. I'm like, no. He goes, yeah. He goes, you got kids on this 12U team that are bigger than Corbin Carroll. I love it, man. I really do. I, it, it is just like, this is Altuve all over again. This is a, a guy that we can all get behind and root for. So he had a uh, homer in game one. The Diamondbacks just rolled 11 to the Phillies. Take care of the Braves. They use seven pitchers go up against Spencer Strider and they absolutely freaking demolish him. Now, here's the thing about it, though. Remember this. The stolen base thing is real. I'm surprised people have not exposed Spencer Strider earlier with this. Or maybe he just hasn't had that many base runners. But he was leg lifting which is bringing this up the whole game. They stole seven fucking bases, man. You got to stop the running game. Baseball is about details. Baseball is about 90 feet, the next 90 feet. How am I going to advance the next 90 feet? Well, if you're Spencer Strider and you're facing this Phillies offense, we can't be giving up 90 feet. You just can't do it. Figure out a way. It's not hard. Boom, slide step. Boom, slide step. Give your catcher a chance. There's actually going to be a rule that I'm going to implement in our next journey, whether that's next week or the weekend after. Every one of our pitchers has, has, not a question, has to have a slide step. We had one pitcher this weekend not slide stepping. We gave him a couple stolen bases. I'm like, uh-uh. This is not happening. We don't have our catchers back there. To not throw dudes out. 
We have guys back there because they are supposed to throw guys out, but we can't throw guys out if you're not giving them a chance. So that'll be um, that'll be the next thing that goes into effect. And look, Phillies, good on them. Wow. I mean, this is a team that maybe I'm wrong. I didn't think they stole a lot of bases. But then you go out there in a playoff game and you completely exploit a weakness. Uh, it's great scouting. By the Phillies, great strategy by Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager. And that's going to be a series. That is going to be a series. The other two games on Friday, Texas went into Baltimore. Uh, they won three to two. Doesn't surprise me one bit. I talked about the experience. Look, you get in these tight games, uh, the Orioles can't get a, a big hit. They can't, they haven't been able to get a big hit. Have not been able to get that hit. And how do you learn how to get the hit? Well, you get the hit. And then you're like, oh, okay, I can do this. I sense a bunch of younger guys pressing. You could tell they fell behind yesterday, and it seemed like they loosened up a little bit. So I think that has the potential to at least get them back into this series. I don't think they're going to get swept. I think the Orioles are too good of a team, but we'll see what happens. So they lost 3-2 on Friday and then Sunday they lost 11-8 the twins on Sunday came back and won after losing on Saturday 6-4 so the Twinkies what a big win for Rocco Badelli and his crew Pablo Lopez was lights out for the Twins. Uh, Valdez took the loss for the Astros. Look, the Twins are scrappy. They're excited to be there. I don't think this is a series that was going to end in a sweep. I think this is going to be a good series as well. I talked about the odds before all of these began. I'm just not going to take the Twins on like a, I think what they were like, plus... 145 or 135 too short of odds for that i'm not saying they can't win the series they easily can but again i want the plus 200 which was more like what the diamondbacks uh were the texas series i mean they're one went away from closing this thing out and tonight we're gonna have the d-backs at the dodgers again for game two and it's gonna be philly at atlanta so it's gonna be zach wheeler against Max Freed. So Freed coming back has been dealing with injuries. I think the story of that Phillies game, maybe mainly was the fact that Atlanta couldn't score. So it makes you wonder as they bullpen their way through it, is that the way to go against a hard hitting team like Atlanta? I have no idea. Anyhow, uh, the NFL just wild yesterday. And we have to give a little shout out to Giuseppe Pepe Manuele. We love Pepe. We love Pepe par Pepe's parlays. It's made us a lot of money. Pepe, uh, I remember the phone call. I remember exactly where I was when he told me this. Super excited about the fact that he was going to put his balls on the line and call a Dallas Cowboys victory. Now, 
I'm like, you sure you want to do that? And he gave me the logic, the explanation. I go, look, man. And I'm a Niners fan, so obviously there's a little bias come from my end. I don't see it happening. But analytics actually agree with you because ESPN analytics said they have a 45% chance of winning that game. I'm like, that number seems way too high to me. I think San Francisco is that good. They're just too many weapons. So even if you are able to score on them, which obviously Dallas was not, but even if you do score on them, San Francisco scored 30 fucking points. They're going to score 30 fucking points every single game. They've done it every game this year. How are you going to stop that? Well, anyhow, they didn't stop it. So there's this article here I found very comical. It says Cowboys loss to 49ers was so bad that the San Francisco fans were chanting for Trey Lance. I love this. The Sunday night football matchup between the Cowboys and the 49ers was expected by many to be one of the best matchups of the week. Instead, it turned out uh, to be a night where San Francisco was able to put the league on notice. Yeah, definitely. In a dominant fashion that late in the 42 to 10 win over Dallas, 49er fans began to chant at the Cowboys. But it wasn't directly trolling Dak Prescott's brutal three interception performance or the fact that their team outgained Dallas 421 to 197. Instead, it was because they wanted to see their team's former quarterback, Trey Lance, take the field. I love it. It certainly felt like the perfect way to troll a team. The 49ers have dominated over the past two years, booting them from the playoffs in both 2020 and 2021. But with their team rolling, why not call for the former first-round pick to see some playing time? Lance did not see the field and only would have if something happened to back up quarterback Cooper Rush, who was inserted by the Cowboys in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you should have put him in. Come on. Mike McCarthy? Why not? Uh, Bill's a tough defeat. That was that was the other one. I, I didn't feel good about that. As a Bill's fan, look, you're coming off of the win against Miami. A huge, huge letdown game. You got to travel to fucking London. I, I, I got to believe these guys are getting paid big bucks to do that. I'm serious. I, there's no way. I, if I'm the players' union, I have no interest in traveling to London like that. Imagine a West Coast team doing that. And the time can't just, I mean, that'll screw up weeks. Doesn't make any sense to me. They go there. The Jaguars had been there. They've been acclimated. They end up winning that game. Uh, college football, Notre Dame, uh, tough beat. Uh, it was something you kind of felt was going to happen. Every single week they're playing these tight games. And you, you can't win all of them. They haven't won all of them. But they end up going down to Louisville, UCLA. Obviously, I'm very biased uh, with UCLA. Notre Dame was my team growing up. So, anyhow, uh, UCLA, huge win against Washington State. Washington State was number 13. I think if that says anything, it's that there's parity in the Pac-12. Speaking of parity in the Pac-12, this weekend, while in Arizona, yup, we went to see Prime. Awesome. 
the energy, the vibe. Loved it. Now, I didn't even get to sit in the seat. I literally walked the boys down to the seats. They sat in the seat. I stood in the concourse, drank two dose Equis, and watched the game up on the big board. But super cool atmosphere. I love the everyone walking around with the We Coming shirts and whatever else. So, uh, moving on, I don't have much more time here. I have an interview, 10 a.m. Pacific time with Mike Golick. That's right. What a cool opportunity to be able to go on that show and pimp a little KT tape, and hopefully we'll talk No Filter Network as well. So looking at the Phillies and the Braves tonight, they're up one nothing. Zach Wheeler versus Max Fried. I mentioned that earlier. Uh, it says it was a bizarre, to say the least, to see the Braves offense legitimately one of the best over the last 25 years, completely shut down by seven, seven Phillies pitchers, none of whom were named Wheeler or Nola. Now they get to face both of those guys. I have a feeling, though, dude, the Braves are going to get to him. I, I look at Zach Wheeler. I like Zach Wheeler. I would take Zach Wheeler in my rotation. I would take Aaron Nola in my rotation, even though he had a, a tough year. He was fantastic in his first playoff start. I'll take that Braves lineup. I mean, at some point, these guys are going to start banging. You think? Cautious, though, right? I, 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 I could sit here and spew whatever I want, but we've routinely seen that good pitching beats good hitting. So if Wheeler is completely on his game, Noel is completely on his game, maybe. I also wouldn't be shocked to see the Phillies go to their bullpen. If their bullpen has been that fucking good, you might as well just go ahead and and continue to ride them. And then tonight with the D-backs, it's going to be Zach Gallen. So that's their dude. Going up against Bobby Miller. So Bobby Miller is the 21-year-old rookie for the Dodgers. The, I don't say antithesis of Clayton Kershaw, but you know, here was Kershaw at the tail end of his Hall of Fame career getting completely freaking battered the other night. It was almost like you felt bad for him. And here's Bobby Miller. This is the, I would say, savior for the Dodgers, but this is a game that they have to have. And if the Dodgers want to stay in this series, they need this young stud to go ahead and compete tonight. It's going to be a tough task. The Diamondbacks lineup has been lights out. So we'll see what happens. I saw some the last time the Dodgers didn't make the playoffs. It was like 11 years ago. And they're saying this kid was, what, nine years old. So in order for them to keep going, it's going to be uh, on his back. It looks like a little baby-faced assassin. Let's get out of here with the little James Allen. Life Optimization Podcast, first and foremost, as always, on thought and character. The aphorism, as a man thinketh, in his heart, so is he not only embraces the whole of a man's being, but it all is, it is so comprehensive as to reach out to every condition and circumstance of his life. A man is literally what he thinks his character being the complete sum of all of his thoughts. Think positive. Think big. 
Love the barking noise. Everyone have a fantastic day. Back on Daily Hustle tomorrow. And then tomorrow night we have Will the Thrill for Deuces Wild. And then we'll have two games going on at the time. Actually, we'll have one. And we'll be the Will Clark Bowl, actually. Baltimore versus Texas from Arlington. Both teams a thrill played for. So we will be live alternative broadcast uh, for that game during Deuces Wild tomorrow night. And then tomorrow will also be Houston at Minnesota. Everyone have a uh, fantastic day.